What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? This is the Complete Sinner's Guide. I am your host, Tyler Fowler, and with me as always, my co-host, Joshua Davidson himself. Brother, what is going on, man? How you doing tonight? I'm doing good. I'm just ready to dig into a good conversation. Um, had a good day at work, and um, I'm feeling a little tired physically, but I, I feel good, man. I feel like... Uh, I feel like the Lord has something for us to discover. <laughs> Absolutely, man. And I'm tired with you all. So we've got Dr. Chris Featherstone with us for a second time on CSG. First time on the radio, we did a live uh, live stream. It was the day, actually, Chris told me about live stream. And so I, or, or, or StreamYard, I'm sorry. And, and so it was the first time we ever did a StreamYard episode, and I was super thrilled. And so back with us, Dr. Chris Featherstone, brother, how have you been since the last time we talked, and what is new in your life, bro? How you doing? Man, I am blessed. I serve an incredible God who goes, who does incredible things to a uh, wretched man like me. So uh, I'm thankful <laughs> every day, man. Amen, amen. And and I know you're tired, bro. I just did an episode of CSG. Dane Von Ace and Dan Chapa joined us for a conversation. So they did, they actually did a debate on open theism, basically, does God know the future or not? And so we reviewed that, and we went for oh, it was a good little hour and a half. Josh, you watched it. We went, what, hour and a half, I think? So I'm Yeah, at, then at, after, at least. Yeah, and, so, and then before that, I worked a full day at my day job. Uh, so, yeah, man, I can... I hear you on tiredness, bro, but yet God provides strength when we're weak, right? And so I'm thankful for you, um, you know, to be with us again, Chris, and we've had a pleasure of talking to you in the past, bro, and I just really appreciate you coming back on to talk personality disorders. So so let, real quick, what kind of got this conversation started is for anybody that's listened to CSG recently, right? You know that I've kind of talked about, you know, things that are happening in my in my life, specifically with my mom. And I won't go really into detail with it, but Chris and I was talking about this thing, personality disorders, at the time that this thing started happening. And so with that, Chris, I'll, I'll let you introduce yourself, but you are a psychologist? Is that I'm a psychotherapist. So psychotherapist. Uh, yeah. So basically, it's it's essentially one and the same. But but I I focus on therapy. So I, the I focus on the therapy side of psychology. Uh, I mean, there's there's many there's many just. Uh, um, facets of, of psychology when it comes to assessments and, uh, diagnosing, which I do that daily. Uh, right. but the, the focus that I do uh, now is, uh, therapy. So I'm a psychotherapist. So I integrate psychology as a psychology doctor with therapy. And, uh, I am that guy who sits on the chair and, uh, talk to people and navigate through, a very, very deep level of problems with multiple people every single day as they sit on my sofa in my office. And so I, I'm that guy. Right on, man. So we're going to have a therapy session here on CSG tonight. I'm on somebody. <laughs> I appreciate it. Bro. So Josh, so Josh, you and Chris, you've, you guys have been kind of talking about, uh, you know, tonight's episode and, and what we're going to discuss, Josh. So I'll let you kind of lead it. And I'll take a step back and, you know, do your thing, brother. What have you guys been talking about, and what are we going to be discussing tonight specifically on CSG? 
Uh, well, I think what, what was a uh, what, what we basically agreed about first, and I was asking a couple questions about if there was something that he felt was um, perhaps more relevant to his uh, to his you know interest right now or 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 whatever might be going on. And so we kind of it's kind of loosely weaved in with the idea of personality disorders, but uh, specifically it was cluster A personality disorders. And from what I know about it, which is very limited. Um, because most of what I know is from um, secondhand, you know, le- college lectures with no textbook in front of me and things like that. So um, I won't pretend to be a professional, but I've spent a lot of time, you know, listening to psychology stuff and and taking a lot of interest in it. So this is something that kind of piqued my interest to talk about in the first place. But um, from what I understand, there's roughly three um, cluster A disorders. Is that correct? Oh, yeah, absolutely. There's uh, um there's three cluster A disorders, paranoid personality disorder, schizoid, and schizotypal or schizotypal uh, personality disorder. Those are the three. I can break it down more, but yeah, those are the three. Okay, fair enough. Um, and in in terms of those three, is there is that is it limited to those three? In in terms, because yeah, I, I like I said, I, I have I have a little bit of understanding, but I, I'm really curious to know if if there's perhaps um, other things that might fall in this category that kind of have perhaps some overlap between the two or something that is less common that falls in this category also, or is it limited to these? Well, as far as the cluster is concerned, these are the cluster uh, as far as the personality disorders. And so there's different, I mean, there's a, a very large assortment of different disorders that that's in the DSM five, but those three falls under the cluster a now there's um attachment there's there's other it can be multiple things and that's called comorbidity so essentially someone can be dealing with a uh paranoid personality disorder and that can overlap with narcissism they can overlap with uh any types of, of other like personality disorder um so it just depends i mean it really boils down to uh who I'm talking to and, and what, what disorder they're dealing with. And just, but as far as the cluster a personality disorders, those are the three that uh, are under uh, the, the cluster a. Uh, do you real have, I, th- Oh, go. Ahead. Yeah, real quick. Um, so you, I'm, I'm looking at this article. What is a personality disorder? And it says there's actually 10 types of personality disorders, and they're broken down in three main categories, cluster A, cluster B, and cluster C. So, Chris, what is, what's the difference between cluster, kind of backing up a little bit, what's the difference between cluster A, cluster B, cluster C? Is it just different kind of categories, or what separates those, you know, categories into to make them cluster A, cluster B? You see what I'm saying? Yep, yep. So, so the best way to, to differentiate the different types of clusters is th- think of three W's. Think of yeah. weird, wild, worried. All right. Okay. So, so the cluster oh, really A. Good. Said it again. I said that's really good. I like that. It's you know it's it, it, the best way. I'm a, as a psychology doctor, the best way to to, to retain things is a mnemonic way to do it. So yes, uh, <laughs> agreed. Is, uh, <laughs> it's it's a it's a wonderful thing. Um. So so weird, wild. And worried. All right. So the cluster A talks about weird. So it's any odd or eccentric behaviors. All right. Mm-hmm. So that's when you get 
the paranoid personality disorder, the schizoid, schizotypal uh, personality disorders deals with our beliefs, our thinking, uh, just this weirdness of thoughts, uh, uh, indifferent to praise or uh, criticism of others is the schizoid. That's one of many different things. I'm actually, Mm -hmm. I mean, for the sake of instruction, I I, I don't mind reading all of the particular criteria is it's short for each one and every one it's short for each of them as sure, far yeah, as cluster I think that's a. Fine. Um, and so i'll read i'll read the the, the criteria for all the uh, the cluster a so that's the cluster a cluster b is wild all right so that deals with more uh personality disorders that deal with uh uh like the, the histrionic the um the, the narcissism, the antisocial, those are personality disorders that deal with particular like behavior patterns. And then you have the worry. You have the worry with the cluster C. That's with cluster C. You, you have more of the uh, like the obsessive compulsive, uh, the avoidant personality disorder, the dependent personality disorder. Those are the the uh, personality disorders for the cluster C. So weird. Okay. Wild, worried is is the the, the ten uh, that that encapsulates the ten, and then yeah. they're separated uh, accordingly. And there's some overlap within the three, then, right? Like maybe cluster A and cluster B or are these completely different and in distinct categories. Then, yeah, they're 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 distinct. So cluster okay. A's of uh, uh, the uh, paranoid, the schizoid, the schizotypal. Uh, the, the cluster B's, the antisocial, uh, the uh, narcissistic, the borderline, and the histrionic, and the cluster C is the avoidant, the dependent, and the subs- obsessive compulsive. Now, yeah. it doesn't mean that someone can be spe- like uh, completely narcissistic and not have any type of uh, of uh, avoidant personality. Or, right. You know what I mean? Or, for instance, someone's dealing with the dependent personality uh, uh, traits and deals with more of a more of a uh, covert uh, narcissism than an overt narcissism or grandiose, grandiose okay. narcissism versus vulnerable narcissism. That's like overt versus covert. And so someone can, can deal, can, can have issues with uh, avoidant personality and still be narcissistic. Sure. So, I mean, there's, there's, it just, again, it just depends on, um, you know, factors of, you know, who you talk to and, yeah. you know, th- th- there's not, it, there, there can definitely be some overlap. That's what I was going to ask. So real quick, and then I'll give it back to Josh. Um, what are some of the things that so you would look for in diagnosing cluster A versus cluster B, for example, the schizo versus narcissistic antisocial? Like what are some of those key factors that stand out to, to that helps you organize that? Well, when it comes to uh, like cluster B, is cluster B is 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 really – it's not difficult to diagnose. It's, 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 you can like, for instance, I diagnose my clients uh, every time I, I speak with them uh, yeah. the first time. Um, and then it's one of those things that um, like, for instance, if I'm talking to a client and I realize that the client has issues with, uh, with not um, the, the client has issues with um, not with, with talking to me and not being able to, um, 
admit that he or she are wrong all the time. Um, you know, uh, having, having issues with really, uh, having right or wrong or really admitting their wrongs, things like that. Those are really, uh, those are glaring signs of narcissism. So that would be some, you know, but if someone's having some hallucinating thoughts or hallucinating behaviors and, and things like that, if I'm talking to someone who's like battling an addiction, for instance, and then having like odd behavior and things like sure. that. Anytime, anything that's dealing with like odd and eccentric behavior, uh, that, that goes more into uh, the cluster A. Now, okay. as far as just like obsessive compulsive, the, the worried, you know, the, the, the cluster C, anything, you know, if someone's dealing with any types of uh, like any type of worriness, any type of uh, uh disorder that deals with like uh, glaring signs of just like a, a very strong, strong sense of worry, then that will fall more into the cluster C. And then we'll find out, you know, I'll, I'll talk more to about, about them to see what type of cluster C do they fall into if they're excessively worried. I see. Cause see, like, for example, like with my mom, she was very, very, or and, and is still in a sense, right very worried and yet very paranoid at the same time she she'll say things to me like i i know my phone's been hacked by this person you know for 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 strange reasons but then she'll obsess on it in 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 worry right it'll it'll worry her and so that's where i was you know before i was asking kind of do the do the three overlap in some sense um, seeing that. With yeah, that's, that's a sign of paranoia, but saying yeah. that my phone is being hacked and it's not being hacked is certainly a cluster A. That's, that's right. That's the, that's the eccentric behavior, the otter eccentric behavior. Okay. So All would right. it be yeah. accurate? It, would it be accurate to say that cluster A is kind of more like a, a, a mental category and cluster B would be a behavioral category and then C yeah, would I mean, be something like neuroticism? Yeah, I mean that's that's a way. Yeah, definitely, definitely neuroticism for C for sure. Yeah, uh, and you know, just the the ocean method is is a really good way to uh, to talk to, to talk about uh, the five factor method, the ocean method, which is o- openness to experience, conscientiousness, extroversion, agreeableness, and neuroticism. Um, they kind of encompass a lot of the behavioral factors. The neuroticism is more of a, a cluster C, um, the conscientiousness, uh, you know, someone who's like just paranoid, you know, that, that deals, uh, more, um, with the, with the, with the, uh, worried as well, as far as, uh, the behaviorals is certainly more of a narcissism, things like that. That's more of a B. And then any, any type of eccentric behavior, um, that that's more of, more of an A. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a good way. But again, from a mnemonic standpoint, uh, weird, wild, worried. I mean, if you, if you, if you, if you're looking at someone and if they have a worried symptom, like if they're showing excessive worry, and, and that's the thing with personality disorders, it's really an, an excessive type of thing. It's, it's a disorder. All right. So someone yeah. has a certain personality and a personality disorder is, is a, is a, a, a factor or factors that is deviating from a normal uh, behavior. So people worry, people are anxious, sure. you know what I mean? That, that happens with everything. So is something so gripping that it's uh, daily 
affecting for a longer period of time. That's the reason why like six months is usually a good criteria of uh, when someone is really diagnosed, if they've been having these type of factors for a, a, a long amount of time, typically around six months. Okay. Well, how do yeah, you, that... let me, can I, can I just ask, it's interesting because it seems like to a certain degree that what we're doing is evaluating one person against other people. And to a certain degree, I suppose that's what you need to do because you have to ha- establish a baseline before you can determine if there is a disorder. But as a person of, as a person of God, do you ever look in society and say, well, what happens if society becomes so out of order and so far from the norm Mm. that people would be dis have a disorder, but it wouldn't necessarily be a disorder because it, it all it our if center point of truth changes, our source of truth changes, if that makes any sense. So Noah, let me just jump in real quick. So basically you're asking what's the standard by which you base the criteria on? Right. Okay. Uh <clears throat> so there's a difference between just um amoral behavior and someone who's just dealing with uh, eccentricity. So, so if someone is just uh, going out and just in the world and just, just having behavior, just going out and partying and getting drunk and and doing that, that's not necessarily personality disorder. That's just sinful behavior. But you can tell from a psychological standpoint, if I'm looking at someone in my office and they're hallucinating, that's mm-hmm. different from just going out and living riotously. Sure. There is a, there is a distinction. Mm-hmm. No, would you, um, how, how would you follow up with that? Just, no, I, that, is, that, is that, that makes sense. I, yeah, I guess so. I guess. So for, for example, for example, let's say somebody says, um, they they come into your office and they say that well they think that you know going around and and um and uh, having relationships with a number of different people is an is an okay thing to do and mm. is is there a point where you look and say well that isn't the way that everybody else in society does things and so that says to me that there's a problem there's a behavior that is abnormal and it's excessive and it happens over a prolonged period of time. My concern with that metric, or I guess my question with that metric, maybe it's a better way to phrase that than a concern, is does does our source of truth ever shift to the point that the rest of society says that's a perfectly okay thing to do. There's absolutely nothing wrong with it. And in fact, there is something harmful to the individual for doing that. Or is have I, have I taken your profession outside of the realm where it's supposed to be in and maybe I'm mixing in a religious walk where it shouldn't be. Uh, th- there's there's definitely potential overlap there. I mean, like for instance, if from from your example, if someone comes in and say comes into my office and says, "Hey, it's okay to just fornicate and uh, just run wild," okay, yeah. I would disagree with that, <laughs> but at the same time, um, that wouldn't necessarily be. Uh, a disorder from someone's personality or just someone's uh, ingrained personality. If someone's an extrovert, if someone likes to party, that's not necessarily a disorder. Now, yeah. I would definitely want to go further into it. And I would want to say, okay, so if someone's, uh, for instance, if someone's dealing with, uh, I, w- I would say as a therapist, I would say, why do you think 
I would go further into it. Why do you think that having sex with people is um, just a totally fine? Yeah. And if they're like, because I think it's fun, and I would mm-hmm. say, okay, so is there, like, for instance, explain to me why you have to have sex with everybody to find happiness or find joy. What are you looking right. for in having sex with everybody uh, to find joy? And yeah. then typically if I continue to dig and dig and dig, I would hear, I would find someone to say, you know what? Uh, my, I've had relationship issues and then I've, I've had issues with, with, with get, having incredible mood swings. And one day I'm uh, super happy and now and then another day I'm super sad and I'll get into relationships and I can't really keep relationships because I never dealt with my own personal things. So now I find joy within mm-hmm. just having sex. Okay. Now we're going somewhere. Now mm-hmm. that's, that's traits of borderline It was the symptom, disorder. not the, not the root cause of the problem. Correct. Okay. Yeah. So let me, let me flip it around on you then a little bit. So we skate a hundred years into the future, 50 years into the future. And mm-hmm. at this point we've now whittled, uh, religion and people's walks with God down to listen. It's um, you know I hear I see this on social media all the time. It's fine to have a religion as long as you don't go around talking about it. As long as you don't go around bragging about it. As long as you don't go showing anyone. And it is fine if whatever you want to believe is fine. So we almost treat it like you can believe in your little fairy tale if you like to. So now somebody comes into your office and they sit down. I said, well, why do you make those decisions? Well, because God told me to. What do you mean God told you to? Well, I read my Bible. And God left examples for me all throughout my day, pointing me, pulling me. I, I, you know, I don't have a voice in my head, per se. I don't have any burning bushes in the back of my yard. But I can very clearly feel God pulling me in this direction. What do you say to that person? Well, that would be essential behavior because I, I would ask why, um, you know, give me a biblical example. Show me exactly. I mean, how do I know? Like, for instance, if, I, if I'm hearing you say God told me, how is that verified? Like who, who's verifying that? How is that? How is that verified? And then for instance, if you say, uh, because I read it in scripture, where did you read it in scripture? Mm-hmm. Okay. Then we would break it down from a, a religious standpoint or from a hermeneutical standpoint. I read it in this verse. Okay. Well, that doesn't apply to here because that wasn't the, the, the audience. I mean, you're not the audience. Mm. You're not, you know, you're not no. the setting, you know, you know of, of course, hermeneutics, the art of interpretation. So you're totally going away from a hermeneutical standpoint of why you should just destroy cities or whatever you need yeah. to do, burn, burn yeah. buildings or something like that. Uh, how- I think it's interesting. That that when you when when because I hear, I'm hearing what Noah's saying and I'm hearing what you're saying and I think uh, there's there's probably this dissonance perhaps uh, between the question and the answer I think I think what's being confused is the 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 fact that there's moral choices being made versus the raw material the person is working with in order to formulate those choices mm-hmm. and I think the disorder would fall more so in the raw materials rather than the one individual or uh, set of choices it really has kind of a root that grows back to something outside of any given moral choice it's something more like the raw material used in order to make those choices does that make sense so if I could Josh so you would address those situations differently right you would address the sinful from a biblical perspective versus if somebody's coming into your office having hallucin- hallucinations, we might not go to the Bible first on that. 
Right, but you're going to address that problem with <laughs> either not. medication or, yeah, well, you get what I'm saying, right? It's a difference in, it's almost like David Russell from Poor always says the the cumulative case method, right? You're going to address these things circumstantial. And so if I'm coming into Chris's office and saying, hey, bro, I've got a, I've got a sex problem, like he's going to address me as a Christian versus my mom, for example, coming in and saying I'm paranoid, he's going to address that differently as you know, as the circumstance permits, right? Sure. That's I mean, what it you is a case by case basis. So from a therapeutic standpoint, uh, Tyler and Josh and Noah, yeah. I think like for me, I, I work in a secular realm as a Christian therapist. Okay. Yeah. So that means that every single person um, that comes in my office, regardless of the situation, regardless of their faith walk, in my eyes, they're still creating the Imago day. And and so, and so regardless of how they believe there are still biblical principles of them being created in the Mago day that still apply regardless of what they're thinking. So if they come into my office, regardless of what particular situation or presenting concern is what us as therapists call, they can be, it can be whittled down to whatever cluster. Yeah. And then, but it doesn't end there though. Me as a therapist is is there to diagnose it, whatever it is, to process it away for them for that that disorder to to not master them. Because yeah. at the end of the day, I'm still having an objective as a therapist to point them back to the Mago Day, even though I can't preach at my job. Sure. There are still principles that we are all creating Mago Day that is still across the board, regardless of where you're at in your faith right now. And I think ultimately that's where the rubber meets the road, right? Within secular culture, they stop there, right? Or with yeah, a secular yeah. worldview, they yep. stop at the at, at the fruit of the problem. So to say they're cutting off branches and not getting to the root. And that's what I love about Chris. And, you know, this might be a good time to actually transition into this. But as a Christian in a, you know, you're dealing with all kinds of people, Christians, atheists, Muslims, I'm sure, right? Like just oh, yeah. all different kinds oh, yeah. of people. And so I want to ask, how does that affect you? I'm sure it wears you out, right, completely. But what does that look like on a typical day, like for for you, Chris? What does that look like addressing the world, right? And and I'm sure, obviously, there's going to be a lot of parallels with everything Christians do, you know, addressing the world. But from a psychologist's perspective, from a therapy perspective, what does that look like from your point of view as a Christian? Yeah, I mean— Again, it just I I look at all of my clients as image bearers of God, regardless if they if they know it or not. I mean, some people don't know it some yet. Some some people know it. That's right. I speak. I mean, there are Christians that come to uh, my my office, but for instance, I, I mean, I I deal with people with addiction. I deal with Christians, non Christians. I deal with trans culture. I deal with the uh, gay, lesbian, uh, and bisexual culture. I have. I have uh, uh, clients from across the board. My my youngest is eight. My oldest is sixty four. All right, mm. and so just across the board, and I deal with couples. Uh, here's the thing: at the end of the day, when I'm when someone's coming to me dealing with whatever personality disorder, I'm like, okay, so here's the thing: ultimate good is ultimate good, regardless if we, if we agree with it or not. I mean, right mm-hmm. is right in God's eyes, regardless of what we think about it or not. Right. That's right. And mm-hmm. so at this, at the end, here's the thing. The Bible was so amazing 
that regardless if you subscribe to it or not, the principles still remain to the image bearers of God. The Imago Dei is going to affirm godly principles, rather if they have accepted the fact that they're creating an image of God or not. No, you know what I mean? No. Right. If, 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 I'm, if I'm telling someone, if I'm telling a non-Christian couple that you should stay faithful, that's a biblical principle, right? Mm -hmm. But yeah. at the same time, I can be like, hey, look, you don't want the grass isn't green on the other side for one. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and you want to make sure that the faithfulness within your marriage is going to help it flourish because the trust is being broken every time you're unfaithful. All right. Mm -hmm. Still biblical principle. You know what I mean? Right. And, yeah, and, and yeah. I will continue to tell them, okay, so if someone's dealing with the narcissistic personality disorder, if someone has a, uh, an issue with admitting wrongness, I actually just recently had an issue with uh, a former couple and one of them was really narcissistic. You know, yeah. at the end of the day, I'm still saying, hey, look, if for, for the sake of, and this was from a parenting, I, I do a lot of parenting therapy, regardless of the matter regardless of where you're at right now with your relationship with Christ uh, and with your relationship with each other, if y'all broken up, if, if it's for a sake of parenting, yeah. there's still a sense of trust that needs to be uh, uh, maintained for the sake right. of your son. Again, yeah. uh, uh, being faithful to each other, loving your neighbor, again, a biblical principle, right? Yeah. And so, right. And, and so, and so, Regardless of your state coming into my office, my frame of my, my, my worldview, my paradigm, my, my frame of lens is like, okay, I'm looking at an image bearer of God. I'm looking at someone who was created in the image and likeness of God. All right. So what I can do yeah. without throwing scripture at them is I can plant seeds yeah. of the altruistic nature of Christ and the, yes. uh, the, the moralistic nature of Christ and the fact that he is the ultimate truth. He is the truth, the way, the truth, and the life. And so at the end of the day, I can plant seeds with different principles mm -hmm. to them that it, that still glorifies God because it is biblically based. And so again, going back to the personality disorders, that's just an on-ramp of the process to navigate them from being mastered by the personality disorders and being able to grow confidence uh, within themselves to be able to master it. And Hey, look, I, I, I pray every day for God to use me. If there's a non-Christian yeah. that, you know, is interested in, uh, you know, uh, the, 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 who I am, I'll ask them. I mean, they'll ask me and I don't look that it's not unethical to answer someone's question. You know what I mean? Right. And so, right. and so some, if someone they give you a door, <laughs> absolutely. I, I'm going to bust right through it. And I have, That's right. you know what I mean? And so, <laughs> That's right. And, and, and so you build rapport with someone and, uh, at the end of the day, you know, then, Hey, that's when I'll say, Hey, yeah, I'm a Christian. And, uh, you know, yeah. I'm a, a very devoted believer and yeah. you know, Hey, that's, that's, that's a, a seed. So, but again, at the end of the day, yeah. um, you know, it, it's, like, for instance, if someone's dealing with obsessive compulsive personality disorder, all right, mm -hmm. uh, again, I'm able to diagnose their behaviors or, or, or um, they, they're coming in, you know, they're, they're, ex, they're odd and eccentric behavior. But at the same point, 
me as a therapist with very, I'm a very direct therapist, regardless of their personality disorders, I believe yeah. that there are uh, biblical principles, regardless of where you are in life that can mm-hmm. really be, uh, uh, applied to, to anybody, to any, any image bearer of God, which is all of us. One eight five five four five zero six six two four is that number to dial if you have a question for Chris, myself, or Josh, or Noah. Give us a call again. That number one eight five five four five zero six six two four. Chris, I want to go theology with you just for a second, bro. And and just because of our our, our differences, right? As Calvinists as Arminian, I, I, I want to. I'm not an Arminian. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, bro. What? Where, where, where do you stand? So I don't want to misrepresent. I am so yeah, sorry, bro. I'm uh, I, I'm just like down the road, man. I think I'm more of a middle knowledge guy, but not necessarily a Calvinist. Okay. But I'm, I'm more middle knowledge. I You're a biblicist, bro. Uh, I think. There's nuances within Scripture to uh, support okay. God's uh, um, uh, destination, predestination, and man's okay. free will. So I apologize, brother. I did not mean to make that assumption. No worries. My, no worries. All right. <laughs> uh, let's talk later then because I want to know where you stand on some of that stuff then. But yeah, anyway, so, let's, so let me ask you this then. Do you think appealing to the image of God, to the Imago Dei, as anyone who's listened to CSG in the last couple of weeks know, this is what Josh Sherman and, and and we've all been talking about, right? Like, and it's gotten me to actually question some things about Calvinism, right? And so, mm-hmm. so in that sense, coming from that point of view, do you think appealing to the image of God in whatever circumstance it is, if it's appealing to no sex, right, before you're married or whatever the circumstance, do you think that ignites something ignites that image of God because here's the thing where I'm coming from with this in the Bible whenever someone's regenerated someone is born again they are a new creation right we are created in the image of Christ a new fresh right and so appealing to God in that sense or more importantly since everyone elect and non is made in the image of God yeah does that do something there spiritually to that person in some sense I, I would have to say yes yeah, I mean, I think that it's it's a again, it's a humbling experience that God is using me as a firm, sold out, radical Christian mm-hmm. to be in a space, in a secular space, to plant seeds. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, that's that's essentially. My my style. I mean, that's I'm a Christian. My I work for a private practice, and the owners know that I am a very devoted Christian. Are they? uh, uh, They. I I had a conversation with the with the um, the owner a few weeks ago. We had a meeting, and it turned into uh, it was (laughs) it turned into a a mini revival. It it was, uh, she's, she's in a really interesting space. She's a, she's a, in a a seeking space where, um, where she's, she's open, you know, and, uh, it really gotten to the point of her asking me questions and, uh, me really ministering to her during our meeting. It was a, it was something that it was dealing with certain just logistics within, uh, me as a therapist. And at the end of the day, at the end of the meeting, we well actually probably within, five or 10 minutes of the meeting, we start talking about scripture and things like that. So God, God makes a way, man. I, I look, I'm, 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 it's my, it's my duty to be, um, 
the light, the the the, the, the to to be the light. Okay, to, to be to be a, your light to be shine. someone. Yes, before men, so that they may see your works and glorify yes. the Father in heaven. You know, yes. that's that's one of my favorite scriptures, man. So listen, if I I go into my office and I'm like, all right, Lord, use me. I'm humbled that you're even using me. Use me, and you get the glory for it. I'll just. You know, I'll just yield to you. And if if it, if a logistics meeting from the owner of the private practice that I, uh, I work for ends up into some, you know, scripture uh, uh, discussion about scripture and her asking me questions. OK, clearly that was a God thing. So I'll just mm-hmm. continue to be used by you. So, again, if 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 any of my clients uh, are, are inquiring, you know, based on uh being feeling or thinking a certain way and then noticing, you know, my uh, mug has a, my church on it, you know what I mean? Or yeah, something like yeah. that, you know, just any seed planted, anything that gives Man. me the opportunity to be, uh, you know, David Wheeler and a bunch of, a few other people, it, there's a concept called incarnational apologetics and it deals with witnessing. All right. So yeah. at this, at the end of the day, if, if if I build a rapport with someone that's so that's so great and they're willing to ask me questions, look, I'm not I'm not violating any ethics by you know pushing uh, Christ on you from a right. from a uh, call from a call from an altar call perspective. Right. But at the same time, if I'm witnessing my life to you and then plant seeds, yep, and someone else waters and God gives the increase. Hey, I'm God gets the glory for that. Just use me, bro. You're dead on. And I'm going to just, I got a confession to make guys like, because God is using you right now to convict me because I have not been the most Christ-like at work this week. And anybody at work listening to this conversation knows that. Right. And so I'm convicted to be more like Christ to, to actually take on my role as you know, Christian as right. Jesus bearer, right. It's like, it's like we, that name means so much. And for me to act the way I do, you know, and, and and defame that it's like, no, that's not okay. Thank you for that. Uh, My (laughs) pleasure, man. God, God, glory to God. Tyler, I have no choice. My, my name literally means Christ bearer, Christopher. So I have no choice. Yes. <laughs> there you go. That's true. Christopher, that's a good Doubly name. accountable. <laughs> can, yes. I, can I actually uh, ask, ask you something that I think is a little bit more practical on the Christian end also, but kind of ties in more so with uh, what it is that you've been describing? Because what you're saying is that through, through your ability to build trust and honesty, which are also mm-hmm. Christian virtues. Absolutely. Um, you're you're being the presence of God to people that do or maybe do not have the presence of God with them, mm-hmm. and and you do make an impact because what you're doing is investing your time and attention, which are things that are you know they're 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 important to the human person. Obviously, yeah. they're Absolutely. really really important. They're integral to actually being in a healthy state of mind. Is that you know. Isolation is not what we were built for in some sense to, to, to understand that we are, we're meant to be a community. And that's what the body of Christ is, is that, that higher order form of that community, you know, um, but, but to kind of tie that into what you do as a living, is there any part of your job that you think can especially enlighten us on how the biblical lifestyle is actually the best method for maintaining healthy human consciousness? Oh gosh, man, that's a, Mm. 
Uh, you ready to be here? It's about midnight. I mean, let's, <laughs> let's do it. I, honestly, I'm so interested in this conversation right now oh, because yeah. that's what this is standing out to me. You, like everything yeah. you're describing is so like, it's like you're a covert ops Christian who's just going behind the curtain. Yeah. Level, you know, yeah. like that's basically what it's like. And I get to do the same thing at the mission in some sense, but not in a clinical sense. Like I don't mm-hmm. have you know, that kind of sit here, sit on my couch, but they do come into my workspace often and, and, you know, get to talk to me and confide in me. And I I tell them always, I don't take for granted that you're, you're confiding in me. I appreciate, and I Mm -hmm. am grateful for your trust, right? Like Mm -hmm. that's, that's the greatest, I think that's heaven's currency is trust, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's one of those things, Josh, that, um, as a, as a Christian, it really, there's a lot of things that I learn every day from being a psychology doctor, even within my practice. And as much as I love just sharing the gospel boldly, it always gives me a refresher of the depravity of just how much we are just, just ridiculous without God. You know, it just, <laughs> I, I just, I look, I just think about just, the things that I deal with, the heaviness that I deal with, there was a, uh, there was somebody, there was a couple or former couple that I, uh, talked to even yesterday Yeah, that, uh, was supposed to be only one hour and it, and I, it went two hours, you know what I mean? Cause mm-hmm. there was just so much to just navigate and just process and dissect. And it just really gets me, it really refreshes me every day of like, man, like, for me, I I just kind of observe my day, and that's the reason why I work out every day after work, because it's my self-care, because it's very, very weighty, weighty stuff that, again, but at the same time, God, I, I, and it humbles me even more that God is using me to help people navigate and process all these things, and Here's the thing, like, even when someone looks at my profile, they know that I, one of my specialties is faith-based therapy, you know what I mean? So they know a little bit more about me, and they know that's my that's my specialty, but they're still willing to to hear me and, and to, for God to use me and to hear what I have to say uh, to them and to help them navigate it through. And I think at the end of the day, Josh, uh, it just really boils down to the fact that each and every one of us, we have... Um, a, a concern or a set of concerns that needs help that, that, that that's looking for answers. All right. Now the Christians uh, understand that the, the ultimate source of truth and answers is Christ. Right. And they can even, and, and Christ even use people like myself to even help Christians with that as well. A non-believer in that moment think that the ultimate source of truth right then in that space is Dr. Chris, right? But at the same time, I'm thinking in my head, uh, okay, well, I'm just a conduit. But if that's what you need to know, if that's what you need to think in your head uh, and, and get the advice and, and the suggestions and the, uh, and the direction from me, okay, sure. Come on, you know, be, be used by me because ultimately I'm used by I'm used by God. If you're willing to trust me, I will point you towards truth, even though I myself am not truth. I'm not the source of truth. Yes. Uh, I'm just a conduit. Right now, in your eyes, I'm the truth source. 
but I'm not. <laughs> I'm just a yeah. conduit to the truth source. Yeah. Yeah. Just another beggar point y'all to where the bread is, bro. Like for real, because that's, that's what it is. And, and again, that's why bearing that name, Christian, bearing the name of Christ. And again, Chris is doubly accountable for that. Right. Yes. But, but at the same time, it's why it's <laughs> so important. And again, why I'm so convicted is that I, you know, I failed at that and I, and not trying to twist this on me. I'm just letting y'all know, like all, all the listeners out there, Hey, people screw up, you know? And at the same time, we serve a forgiving God who loves us as his children, right? He doesn't love us because we're good one day and bad the next. He loves us because of what Christ did for us on the cross. He's yeah. the one who's righteous. He's the one who we, you know, who, who we imitate and, 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 and try to, and, it sucks when we fail, but what does Proverbs say? The righteous fall seven times and get back up, right? The wicked, they fall, and they are destroyed by their sin. And it's and it, it's humbling. It really is. So thank you guys, really. I mean, I, I really appreciate it. I've benefited from this discussion already a lot, a lot already. And we still got, what, 12 minutes left? So one eight five five four five zero six six. Two four. If you've got a question for Dr. Chris Featherstone, a Vision United podcast. If y'all haven't checked it out, YouTube Vision United podcast. Chris, with a uh, Z. yes, exactly with a Z. So go into that. What what's going on there? So I did want to ask you that. Just kind of sidetrack. What is Vision United exactly? Yeah, yeah. So the reason why it's with a Z is that uh, V or Vi is a uh, it's it's a French Latin term for live. Okay. And Zion, as mm-hmm. we know, is uh, is the Jerusalem or the place where God dwells, or 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 you know, it's a representation of God that we see in the Psalms and many different things. And so, uh, or or the or the the church, you know, Zion is the you know the the body. And yeah. so, um, what I came up with vision a long time ago, and it 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 stands for live, like the church, live the church, live the body, live, uh, centered around, uh, Christ, uh, dwelling. It speaks of God's dwelling place. And so the Bible talks about how I am the church, right? Yeah. And so, and so live Christ, live in a way that God embodies and dwells in you. So that's where vision comes from V and and Zion. So V live and then Zion vision. So got the incarnation going on, Josh. I know you can speak to that a little bit, right? (laughs) (laughs) Josh has been, so Josh, for those who don't know, and uh, Chris, I don't know if you know this or not, Josh has been kind of studying Greek orthodoxy. And so he's very big into symbols and symbolism right now. So that's a, that's a main thing in his, in your life right now, right, bro? Okay. Well, it's, it's definitely becoming integral to, to everything else kind of working its way in like, like, um, like a slow leak, you know, um, I, it's, it's difficult because I've, I've come to understand how much our, our perception of what's around us actually informs, um, you know, like the way that we form memories and plans and things like that. Um, the way we participate with our families, our communities, our workplaces and things like that. Um, all of that stuff is, um, in, in some sense, the it's what it's what everything is made out of like we we don't interact with the world as though it's made of matter we interact with the world as though it's made of like everything that matters you know 
And, and that's, that's kind of how we interact with one another and seeing that we live in a narrative space. It's hard to avoid thinking about things as a narrative, you know? And so like, it's to me, noticing that storytelling and symbols and imagery are actually almost a more condensed version of real life than, than it's almost unfair to call them fiction, you know? <laughs> uh, it, so it's, to me, it's, it's just become so profound to, to think about these things this way and to actually, you know, kind of consider the scriptures because it uses narrative. So, and imagery and symbolism, and uh, it's just, it's so, it's so much bigger the, the more that I consider it. So yeah, I can appreciate the way that, you know, uh, we we can interact and 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 for me it it actually kind of ties into the whole uh perhaps psychology thing because of the way that your perception is is a lot of you know it's it's based on your sense data like you can't get outside of the fact that you're embodied we are embodied perspective is everything <laughs> and especially ours right but anyway so, so oh yeah, sorry go ahead. I, I, go, go ahead tyler go. no nah, man finish your thought finish your thought um, I, I was I was actually curious uh, to ask Chris. Um, you you mentioned um, uh, the you said ocean was one of the acronyms you were using. Yes. Okay, is that for the, like the Big Five model? Is that what that is? Yeah, that's what Big Five. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So I recognize the, the 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 names you gave for it, but I hadn't heard ocean as a as a summary thing. Like, can you can you can you go over that again real quick? Because I sure. I, I, I yeah. I'm I'm vaguely remembering. Um, but I, I figured that it would be more than five because they, they both, they all separate into something approximating two opposites, right? Yeah. Well, the, as far as the ocean is, um, again, it's another mnemonic. So, uh, it's, it's for, for instance, say it's, it's a, it's the big five and it's, uh, as far as the psychology standpoint, it's more, um, valid, it's more validated than, than the like Myers Briggs or uh, the um, Enneagram, which I don't necessarily recommend, but um, <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, the Big Five deals with more traits than types. All right, so that's a big difference. Like the Enneagram and, and Myers Briggs is more types. Uh, Ocean is more traits. And so, say for instance, the way the 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 easiest way to think of Ocean is like. Uh, there's five people stranded in an ocean. All right. Uh, they, they have the, they get stranded and they're in this long, this Island by itself. You know, the one who's uh, the, the O, which is openness to experience. They're like, okay, well, Hey, we'll, we'll see. We'll see where this goes. You know what I mean? We'll, we'll, we'll see where this goes. The conscientiousness is the one Who's like, hmm, yeah, I mean, I, uh, I'm, I'm a little pessimistic about this. I'm not not quite sure about about this. Um, I'm, 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 I'm careful. I'm diligent. I'm going to make sure that we're just organized. And okay, so day one, we're going to do this. Day two, we're going to do this. I don't know necessarily how long we're going to be uh, here, but I'm going to make sure that I'm going to organize everything in a very efficient manner you know and so the yeah. extroverts like whatever hey let's go let's party you know what i mean there's more time to party <laughs> you know what i mean just more time to have a good time the more the one who's agreeable is the one who's like hey do you need um yeah, do, do you need are you hungry do you need something to eat or are you good to go you know um are you uh do you need some sleep do you, do you want me to 
kind of put up some sand for you to make a pillow or, you know, everything, everybody's okay in here, you know? And the one who's neurotic is like, oh my gosh, I'm going to die today. You know what I mean? I, I'm, oh my gosh, I'm just, I can't believe it. I, I've got, I've got work on Monday, work my wife, my kids. I, I just can't believe this is going on. When is someone going to come? So those are the best way to describe the ocean model uh, when it comes to the big five. Right on, man. Right on. Um, I want just real quick. I want to shift focus. We got about five minutes left. And Chris, over on your Vision United, um, over on your YouTube channel, you mm-hmm. just did a video. So the latest video you released, coping with being married to someone with mental health struggles. Right? Can you talk about that just for a second? And because I think it's relevant to this, like that's one of the things I, uh, you know, wanted to touch on is as a Christian and and because this is something that you know it's a result of sin i think that that these effects we we experience them and people experience them right and it sucks to live in a fallen world and these are the results of that right but how if you could talk to someone you know in 2 minutes right that's dealing with or or that has to or the tennis situation you know like like that circumstances are everything right and so what would you say to them, you know, just from a Christian, you know, perspective? I would say um, understand that, and I shared a little bit about this in the video too, just understand that if someone in, in the marriage is really dealing with the uh, mental health, uh, the mental health struggles, um, I, I think it's important for that person and each and every one of us, if whatever one that person is, and even if there's both, if if you're dealing with mental health struggle, if you're dealing with avoiding, we're going back to the cluster A, if you're dealing with certain personality disorders, yeah. listen, get help, admit that that is an issue, admit that it's wrong. There's just so much beauty and joy and confession and admission it really is because if you spend so much time trying to you know say oh i'm good it's not me it's you you know i mean it's just and that's where the narcissism comes in you know there's just so there's just so much joy and freedom with the mission so if you're in a marriage and you're dealing with someone you know admit it because it's 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 going to be very prevalent and very obvious anyways Mm-hmm. So admit it to get the grace and the help that you need. And look, it, it can be pretty difficult. That's why the thumbnail says I'm so fed up, you know, because it can really, again, I, I deal with this all the time of, of someone right. just being like, oh my gosh, I'm just so fed up with this. It starts with the person who's dealing with the mental health struggle to say, you know what? Okay. I need help. You're right. And then I need your help and I need you to be someone, you know, to the, to their spouse. I need mm-hmm. you to, uh, you know, to really be in my corner and pray for me and right. challenge me, you know, to mm-hmm. be, to be able to really cope through this thing and get the therapy that I need. So the, the just right. getting the That's therapy really that you man. need when you're in that space is much better than spending so much time trying to deny it. Yeah. Don't be yes. afraid to talk to somebody. Amen, brothers. So yeah. th- Dr. Chris Featherstone, man, thank you so much for joining us. You can find Chris Vision United, V-I-Z-I-O-N United over at YouTube. Where else are you, man? Plug a little bit. 
Well, thank you. Uh, yeah. I've got a I've got a new clothing line that just came out. Actually, okay. Uh, yeah, called Vision Wear V I Z I O N W E A R dot Co. It's a Christian base uh, apparel line. V I Z I O N W E A R dot Co. If you're listening to this, uh, all t- different types of social media platforms. Um, IG at Vision Wear Co. Twitter at Vision Wear Co. Uh, Facebook, visionware.co on Facebook, and uh, go check it out. Hey, it's uh, it's Thanksgiving, Christmas season, and go get you a visionware.co apparel today. Do it. Do it now. Thank you so much, Dr. Chris Featherstone. We will see you next week on CSG, I think, with Dr. Braxton Hunter, maybe. We'll see what happens. Ladies and gentlemen, Tyler Fowler, Joshua Davidson, Noah Chalaya, Dr. Chris Featherstone, thank you so much. We've been CSG. See you guys. Good night. God bless.